0: around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, Mm. researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, Uh. browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah, the man is a menace, yeah, building a dynasty, some of the finest things, promise you, you won't regret it, Mm.
1: what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud partners with the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag T-P-P-N. We are also always live on the Campus Decanton YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to the channel, and please review and rate on your favorite podcast app, as that really helps us. We appreciate it all of the love and support that you guys give us. Matt and myself are here on this Magnificent Monday. We are going to recap everything from the NFL Draft. If you guys listened to the show Friday, we reacted to what happened in round one, which was a crazy round one, and that really kind of continued into Friday night. If you guys were watching us live, we had a pretty decent-sized group watching us for most of Friday night. Matt Myself, Mike, Valerie, and Jared Palmgren, two other guys with the Campus to Canton website, Debbie Lee, uh, one of the Debbie guys, uh, and Mike and our CFF lead and Jared kind of sat around for I think over four hours and talked about everything that happened around two and three. If you weren't able to watch that, we're going to kind of recap all of that here. At least me and Matt will uh, give an our thoughts. Uh, Matt. I'm just speaking for myself. I am glad that the draft is over. Um, I just, I get, a, it feels like as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft, you get to see a lot of crazy narratives and everything. Everything is done. Granted, there's a lot of crazy narratives now based on the way the draft went, but it's a big week coming up and I'm excited for it. So I'm excited to get past the draft, but kind of like, what were your thoughts over the weekend before we jump into it?
2: Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, I mean, it was a crazy weekend. It was nice to have football and to be thinking about that. You almost immediately jump into uh, rookie draft season. I don't know if you've started any. I've definitely started uh, a few. And it's been crazy to see where some people are going. You know, it was probably the craziest off season we've ever had. It was one of the craziest drafts I can ever have. And so far, have I have three that have started. It's been some of the craziest rookie draft season. Ever. Yeah, I just, values, you know, where I'm at and where other people are. I don't know if it's going to settle into something. It's been amazing to see.
1: I feel like there's going to the only consensus, and then today I saw multiple pe- people saying it's not consensus, is Breeze Hall at one in everything. Super flex, single QB. I don't care if it's like tight end times 10 premium. Running backs get no points. I feel like Breeze Hall should be the consensus 1-1. One, one. Uh, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter kick back against that as well. So yeah, it, it's going to be an insane draft. Before we get into that, though, there was news that came out today that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended for six games. Uh, he violated the substance abuse policy, I believe, is what it was. Yeah. PBS. So he will be out for at least no, will be out six games. I don't think you can even appeal that. It's it's six games straight, correct?
2: Yep. So, and he, well, he dropped his appeal, so he would be eligible for the Cardinals seventh game.
1: So, I mean, adding Hollywood definitely seems like a great thing. Even more now, giving them a a vertical stretch wide receiver. Uh, Does this do anything for you? Hopkins value in redraft leagues. It definitely makes it difficult dynasty. I don't really think you take much away
2: dynasty. I'd already kind of dropped him. He he was, in the back half of wide receiver two For me, I think we've seen a little bit of a decline. Arizona is not Houston. They have other weapons, you know, and I think we had seen him starting to, to shift down a little bit. So that six games alone wouldn't drop him down for me, but it may for the people that are still clinging to that. DeAndre Hopkins is a top five wide receiver. I just don't think he was that before and certainly shouldn't be right now.
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely got to get dropped down again because you're you're not going to have him for at least seven games in Dynasty. Redraft him. Be very curious to see what happens with him. I think he's got to tumble pretty far knowing you're going to miss out on him most of the season. So let's get into the landscape here for the rookies. And we're going to start at quarterback because let's just be honest, going into this, none of us thought... That the quarterbacks were going to go the way that they did. I, I at least thought we talked a little bit about this on Friday, so I thought for sure at least two quarterbacks were going to go in the first round. We saw one that was Kenny Pickett, who goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 120. Ritter was the second quarterback off the board, but that did not happen until the third round. He goes off the pick at 310. Willis uh, to Atlanta. Willis, 324 to Tennessee. Matt Corral, the Panthers trade up to the 330 spot to get him. Then Sam Howe falls all the way to the fifth round and goes to the Washington Commanders, a spot that we all thought he might go to just four rounds later than expected. And then last but not least, Carson Strong, an undrafted free agent um, to the Oh, Eagles, it was the Eagles. Sorry. To the Eagles. And then uh, Bailey Zappi as well, I believe, went in the fourth. fourth he was round. actually
2: ended up being the fifth the quarterback.
1: England Patriots good for good God knows what reason. So
2: do you know they took it? Uh, I think they took another quarterback later too, which
1: uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Bill Belichick is uh, raising a lot of questions with uh, with his uh, drafting ability here recently.
2: Yeah, they signed Derek
1: King. That's right. Yeah, yeah, as an undrafted free agent. All right. So in super flex leagues, I think this has to change rankings mm-hmm. some. So, So going in, I'll give you mine. We did talk about this in a rookie episode. Going in, my rankings were Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong. Those were my top six. I'm going to be honest. Bailey Zappi, kind of an afterthought. I don't think he's ever has a chance to be a starter. In Superflex, I think Kenny Pickett has to move up to QB1 because he was drafted in the first round. And whether we, I know me and you both do not think that he is that good. But he has first-round draft capital, and that matters. I do think there's a shot that he sees time right away, although I do think there's a shot for three of these quarterbacks to play right away. So I think Kenny Pickett, though, has got to move up. He's the only guy, at least in super flex drafts, I am willing to take in the first round, but I would not be willing to take him until about 1-7. That's kind of where I feel safe taking him. There's easily six players over him I'd rather have. What are your overall thoughts on the quarterback class after watching the draft play out?
2: Yeah, it was really rough. I know Matt Carell was the fourth quarterback taken, but I actually like his situation better. I still think there's a decent chance that Trubisky is a bridge and ends up starting for a little while there in Pittsburgh. So I still actually have Corral, number one. He would still be the first quarterback I would take in Superflex. But honestly – he and Kenny Pickett are the only two I would consider in the first round. And this is even super flex. And I'm like you, there are seven players I would take before I would take a quarterback. And then in that last five, it's two quarterbacks and three more wide receivers, depending on how you feel, unless you're desperate at running back. And then maybe I'd take James Cook at the end of the first round, but you know, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, maybe I'm thinking the end of the second round, probably more like the third round, Sam Howell, Bailey Zappi, Carson Strong, they're you know end of the third round or into the fourth round, those are just you know, if you have a um you know, if you have a practice squad, those are like your practice squad's stashes.
1: Yeah, like I said, for me, it's just pick it. And if someone wants to take one of the other quarterbacks in the first round, I'm willing to let them have them. The one thing I will say is I actually think the more and more I look at this class, I'm willing to take a shot on one of those guys early second, possibly back end of the first, depending on how players fall. There's really only six guys that I really want in this draft class. There's some very interesting landing spots for some of the later guys, and we'll obviously get into those wide receiver and running back. But the thing with quarterbacks is we know they have immense amount of value in super flex leagues. And when you look at a guy like Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis, like we assume at least right now, Malik Willis is going to be the guy next year. Ryan Tannehill is going to have the biggest cap hit of any quarterback next year. They can get out from underneath it. I think at least I think they will likely will. So you are projecting Malik Willis to be the future. I don't know that Marcus Mariota is that much better than, than, uh, than Ritter. So if Ritter plays well and is able to beat him out for that job, I do think that you'll be able to, to move Ritter for more than what you ended up paying for him. If you're able to get him as like the 2-1 or 2-2 in your rookie drafts, we saw Sam Darnold getting moved in super flex drafts for first-round picks prior to last year. So if Desmond Ritter gets the starting job or wins the starting job, you'll be able to move him for a first-round pick, in my opinion, at which point you're getting more than what you paid for him. So I'm willing to take a shot on some of those guys I like Matt Corral's landing spot. My biggest fear with Corral is that I don't like McAdoo, number one, as an offensive play caller. I don't like anything going on with Carolina outside of their weapons. I mean, I think the the drafting of Icky was really good. He's going to help solidify that offensive line. But I don't trust, my God, his name is now, I can't think of Christian McCaffrey. No, 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 that head Rule. coach. Yeah, Matt Rule. I don't trust Matt Rule. I don't know that he'll even be there much longer. Again, I just mentioned I don't trust Ben McAdoo. And my biggest knock against Matt Corral coming out of college was he ran a very heavy RPO system. It's a brand new offense in Carolina that I don't know is going to be RPO heavy. So granted why Sam Darnold is learning a new offense. So is Matt Corral, but Darnold at least has NFL starting experience. I've seen a lot of people saying they think Corral beats out Darnold. I actually don't know that that's the case. I would not be surprised if Corral starts at some point in time, but I think his The fact that he has been in the NFL for a couple years, I think Darnold does have a step up on Corral because Corral was a little bit limited in the offenses he called and played in in college. So regardless, I'd be willing to take those guys. Probably earliest 112 would not feel great about it, but I would take one of them. And I think I would go early second round on some of the guys again because if Malik Willis, if they let go of Ryan Tannehill next year, Malik Willis is a starter in Tennessee, his value is going to shoot up before he even really takes a snap you can move him for more than what you just paid for. You're going to be able to get more than a second. Same thing with Desmond Ritter. We've seen Marcus Mariota has been decent in small amounts with the Raiders. If he goes out there and is really bad again, because that one thing is Arthur Smith had Marcus Mariota in Tennessee, and then they passed him over for Ryan Tannehill and everybody keeps comparing Desmond Ritter to Ryan Tannehill. If Ritter goes out there and plays really well in the rookie camp and and preseason, I would not be surprised if he ends up getting that job eventually. I don't know if he ends up getting the job right off the bat, but gets that job again. You'll be able to get more for him later. So for me, Pickett's the only one I feel comfortable taking, as as we both just said, probably around the 1-7 range. Um, And a lot of that is just the team around him too. Like he's got incredible wide receivers, one of the best pass-catching running backs in the game, and – I think a very solid coach group behind him and Mike Tomlin, who is one of the best coaches in, in in the NFL. So I'm with you on Carson Strong. I'm not taking him. I saw some people saying he's better than Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry. I mean, he's a better passer. But I don't know that he's Maybe. gonna challenge Jalen. Yeah, I don't know that he's challenging Jalen Hurts for anything this year. Um, so I, I would not be willing to take him anytime before the fourth round in a rookie. Well, draft.
2: they'd also have to jump him over. They still have Gardner Minshew. Yeah,
1: that's true. So
2: I mean, he's he's not exactly got the clearest path uh, going. And I think if they if they thought he was potential at all, they would have taken him somewhere in the draft not, I mean, we had nine quarterbacks go in the draft. We had Chris Ola Kadoon. I, I don't, Ola Duncoon, I don't know. I I've looked at that and I'm like, really, this is getting interesting. Brock Purdy, Skylar Thompson, Bailey Zappi. I mean, those guys all got actually drafted uh, and Carson Strong didn't there, you know, our interest in these six quarterbacks seems to have been, vastly higher than any of the NFL team's interest in them.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's um, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, I really don't, I mean, we did talk about it beforehand that this was not a great quarterback class. And I think I, I, we talked a little bit about it on Friday show. I think a lot of it was we talked ourselves into it because we typically see the NFL reach on quarterbacks. And I'll be very curious to see if this trend continues because we've seen quarterbacks fall they did not believe in Justin Fields last year, and he fell. He fell much farther than any of us expected him to. Saw the same thing happen this year. Next year, there's only two quarterbacks that I really think have a shot of being even decent quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And that's Alabama's Bryce Young and Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. Anybody else who rises up, I would not be surprised if they fall into later first, or maybe we see those guys fall or further and further into the second and third round, like we did this year, just because it doesn't seem like the NFL teams, we, we, we keep talking about how they should value that fifth year option. It doesn't seem like NFL teams do anymore. We've seen them moving on from these quarterbacks before the fifth year option, more often than not here of lately. Like I, yeah. I wonder, if, and, and it cost a lot, like Baker Mayfield's on the Browns books for $18 million. Like we say, that's a cheap contract. It's really not, especially for a quarterback that you don't think is going to be good. So, I think this could be the start of a trend moving forward that maybe we're not going to see quarter like four or five quarterbacks going in the first round anymore because these teams are starting to realize like, hey, if these guys aren't that good, we'll just take them later. They're going to be cheaper. And if we don't like them, we can just get out from underneath them and don't have to worry about stressing over a fifth year option. And if they're going to be good, we pay them before the, that fourth year hits and we we keep them together. So it's going Or to be they franchise to
2: tag him, like yeah. what happened with Dak. I mean, I think you've seen, too, even these quarterbacks that have the fifth-year option, most of them are agitating that they're going to hold out or they want to leave their team if they haven't gotten a new contract at the end of their third year going into the fourth year. I mean, that's where these contracts have been hitting. So if that's where it's going to be for a big-time quarterback anyway, you're right. Why not just take them in the second or third round and get an even bigger discount, especially since we've seen – Well, you know, the Rams obviously had a high priced veteran quarterback and won the Super Bowl, but we saw a lot of teams there in the last decade that have had quarterbacks on affordable contracts go in and win. Even, you know, Patrick Mahomes, when the Chiefs won, he was still on his rookie deal. Russell Wilson, when they won, he was on his rookie deal. Sometimes that's an easier way to finance a team at the beginning.
1: Yeah, I I honestly I was thinking a lot about that the other day and. Let's just, uh, I'll ask you, because I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like, how many quarterbacks do you think are elite in the NFL? And for me, it's like, off the top of my head, I'm thinking four, maybe five. Like, Patrick Mahomes jumps up there. Russell Josh Wilson, Allen. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Like, Lamar, is, is Lamar there? Like, I think he's- I close. mean, I don't,
2: I don't know if you can- Call a guy elite if you have questions about something. And we, you know, no matter what Lamar has been able to do, and he's been impressive, he's good, he's a star, we still have not seen him maximize his passing. You know, and if you have that kind of a question, how at a position where you're a passer can you be considered elite? And I think that's, you know, Joe Burrow, we've seen him do it for one season, so I would say he's he's tracking there. You know, we've seen flashes from Dak Prescott, but we haven't seen big success. I mean, I think yeah. it's even, you know, I would even question whether we would put Herbert in the no, superstar Herbert's and not no, in Herbert's the elite. well, that's you have a lot riding on that. That
1: is true. But that I mean true. Well, Rogers. We forgot Rogers. So that gives you oh, yeah, Aaron. four. If if we don't put Herbert oh, in the We forgot four. Tom Brady. And yeah, well, Tom's probably only around for one more year, but he definitely (laughs) deserves deserves to be in there. And then what? Like, I'm just going to put Herbert in there because that puts us at six right now. Yeah. And so then like, what is it? It's like Joe Burrow right there with Lamar too. Like, is he? I think he's elite. So even if you put in there, that's seven of 32 teams. Why would teams not continue to just cycle in rookie quarterbacks and keep them on, on, on cheap deals? so that you can continue to build teams around him because of what you just mentioned. Unless you have one of those upper tier elite guys, to me, it makes more sense to just, okay, fine. We'll just keep cycling until we get one of those guys. So I, I really think this may be a trend moving forward. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, before we move on to the running backs, we got to talk Sam how really quick. Cause we both liked him. He was up at the top mm-hmm. of both of our list. I thought maybe when he went in the fifth round, because I've been out on Carson Wentz for about a year and a half now that I was like, okay, that's actually a decent landing spot. You know, he's played with De'Ame Brown. In my opinion, he's at least coming out of college right there with what I thought Carson Wentz was as a prospect. You haven't seen Wentz really be able to put it together. But then the coaching staff came out, maybe this is just lip service, but they did come out and say that he's not challenging Wentz at all. We believe in Wentz. Wentz is our guy. We think Wentz can take us to a Super Bowl. Any shot you think, Sam, how's the future here, or do you think he's strictly a backup here and moving forward?
2: I mean, you know, maybe after this year, but I, I think he's third on the depth chart uh, in 2022. Taylor Heineke has shown him, you know, we don't think that he's got the stuff to be a franchise quarterback, which is why they moved on. But he had, he's been very durable uh, in starting games and doing. I'm not thinking Howell surpasses him. You also have to think about that coaching staff, you know, Ron Rivera and Scott Turner. Are they? You know, they don't seem like the kind of guys that are going to be too eager to to break in a rookie. I think that's why they they're happy with the veterans. I think Sam Howell is a development guy, right now. I don't think it was a terrible landing spot. He's somebody I'm grabbing and stashing. I think he does end up making the team, whether it's there or on a practice squad. But I think he he ends up as QB three there.
1: Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that because he went in the fifth round, too, that I, I would imagine he's probably not going until maybe the third round of rookie drafts, and I'm with you there. I think because of the talent, I would be willing on and betting on taking him there because, again, there's really not many guys that I love in this draft class. Moving on to the running backs, Brees Hall goes in the second round to the Jets, as does Kenneth, Kenneth Walker goes in the second round, but he goes to Seattle. Those were the two with Isaiah Spiller who considered the top guys in the draft class. Of course, Isaiah Spiller does not go until was it round four. But I do think he fell to a very intriguing landing spot with the chargers. How do you kind of group those three now? Is it really just Walker or and Hall in a tier of their own?
2: Yeah, for me, Walker and Hall Hall and Walker in a tier of their own. They're in those top seven picks. And then, running back has kind of a soft garbage middle for me. I you know, we talked about quarterback's not a great position. I'm going to tell you running back's not a great position. Neither is tight end. Uh wide receiver is top heavy and then there's some question marks even as you get to the bottom of the t- uh, of the 12. This is going to be a draft where you hope to hit on a few prospects to me, you hope somebody hits. And that's very much how I feel about running back. There were a lot of people that jumped on the um, James Cook train because he went it there at the end of the second goes to Buffalo and there's possibly some opportunity. My first rookie draft, he went at 104. I that's too high for me. I'd be looking at him, you know, maybe 112, probably early second round. And that's how I feel about Damian Pierce, who went to Houston, where you know he's competing against Marlon Mack, Royce Freeman, and Rex Burkhead. I think there's a chance, but. You know, If Isaiah Spiller went there, I'd probably be much higher on it. Spiller goes to the Chargers. You're right. I thought that was not a bad landing spot, but he's kind of in that group because Austin Eckler's there. They're also a very pass-heavy team. We have not seen a lot of running backs succeed. You don't know what the split is going to be. I've seen people even questioning whether we should all be 100% in on Brees Hall being the 101. I liked his talent. I don't think it was a bad landing spot, but people have rightly pointed out Michael Carter is still there. And I've seen actual Jets riders, people who spent a long time saying that he's one of the better players on the roster and he is going to be involved. Well, that then sort of gives me a moment of pause. If I'm wasting, if I'm wasting, the wrong way, If I'm using 101, I'm expecting to get somebody I can plug into my lineup. And I saw even some of the, the more experienced guys talking about, well, Brees Hall's probably going to get at least 15 to 18 touches a game. Okay, that's not terrible, but. That's a little bit of a flip from like Najee Harris last year, where I was in Superflex League and needed a quarterback, but I took Najee Harris anyway because that's who he was.
1: Yeah, I've seen all the stuff on Brees and. Then- <laughs> My big thing with that is I just think he's better than Michael Carter at everything. And I know Michael Carter was there and and I kind of brought this up, I think on the, on the show Friday when we were getting ready to wrap up me, Mike and Jared. And I've talked a little bit about it on Twitter and I talked about it with Ray Garvin as well. I think it's because everybody has fallen in love with Michael Carter because he was his fourth round pick. We weren't sure what to do with him, then he hit, right? like He was very good last year, and I'm not trying to say that he's not a good running back and he's going to disappear because he's not. I clearly think it's going to be Brees Hall and Michael Carter together in that backfield because none of those other guys are good. But Brees Hall is just a better rusher and a better receiver than Michael Carter. I think he's going to get at least 70% of that workload. Michael Carter is not going to go away, though. My biggest fear with Brees is actually going to be now that they've added all of these weapons how much are they going to throw to the running back? Because at the end of the day, that's what gets these guys more points. The rushing is great. The touchdowns are great. But if they're getting some work in the receiving game, that's what boosts those guys up to running back ones. That's why Najee Harris was so deadly last year. There were games we only had like 30, 40 yards rushing, but he had 80, 90 yards receiving on seven, eight catches and a receiving touchdown. That's what boosted him up. That's my biggest fear with Hall. But that being said, I think if you're a running back needy team, you've got to take him because he is the only one, in my opinion, that has that ceiling. Kenneth Walker, I loved him coming in. He was my RB, two. But I think at this point, he's got to be Nick Chubb and the NFL level because he's not that great of a receiver. And if you go look at what Seattle's done when it comes to passing to their running backs, DJ Dallas led the team last year with 23 catches over the entire season. That's two catches a game. Like, if Kenneth Walker's not getting that, you're you're averaging like one to two catches a game. And then you have Rashad Penny, who did not look bad at the end of the year and he is coming back. Like, I think it's Brees Hall and then everybody else. If, if for me, it's Brees Hall in a tier of his own, and then everybody else comes after him. Like, I don't even have Kenneth Walker up there.
2: The thing that scares me a little bit about Walker, too, is my assumption was where they took him in the draft means that Chris Carson's not coming back. That is injury. But I would actually like somebody to say that.
1: Yeah, I don't think they will, just because I think Pete clearly loves Chris. Like that, those two have had a good relationship, and I and I don't blame him for that. But I, I think where they took him in the draft is probably an indicator that Carson's not coming back at least anytime soon. But yeah, for me, Kenneth Walker it, it falls into the top of tier two for me. Uh, the reason I like Spiller, and I wouldn't put him up there with Walker, is we know that Austin Eckler has come out and said. He don't want to carry the ball 200, 300 times. He wants someone else in there. Spiller's a very good pass blocker, and he is a very good receiver as well. I think he, in my opinion, probably jumps to the RB two. Now, his ceiling is going to be one hundred percent capped as long as Austin Eckler is healthy. He's ne- I, in my opinion, I don't even think probably produces RB three numbers for you unless he's getting touchdowns. Just because Eckler is who he is, uh, but I and do that like. Still, the might be spot. the
2: third or fourth best running back in the that, class. Yeah. That's the rule. You know, you were hopeful about Zamir White. Maybe next year when Josh Jacobs is gone. But, I mean, we've seen the Patriots rotation. Rashad White, you know, all he did was kill Keyshawn Vaughn.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, unfortunately. Yeah, so the, the running backs that were taken... After them, yeah, James Cook went in the second round to the Bills. And then we had, um, we already talked about Isaiah Spiller, Zamir White, as you just mentioned, went to the Raiders. Damian Pierce goes to the Houston Texans, decent landing spot. Rashad White goes to the Buccaneers, which I do think is a decent landing spot. And Brian Robinson Jr., that, ra- or well, we brought up, a couple of those guys went in round four, but uh Brian Robinson Jr. was in the third round to the commanders. the commanders and just crushing probably the surprise of all surprises. Tyrion Davis price goes to the 49ers as well in round three. Let's start with him because I don't remember if you were on at that point in time with us. Um, yeah. Okay, Mike and myself both, we do film grades for all this stuff. Neither one of us finished grading Price out because he was already so low. I did not have him that high. I had him below James Cook. But he goes in the third round to the San Francisco 49ers. I posted on Twitter, and I still believe it. I just think this is Trey Sermon all over again. I think people are going to buy into the hype. They're going to take him early. He's just going to disappoint. But if you want to look on the positive side, I know it's only been one season, but Elijah Mitchell was banged up all year long. He's a smaller back. Tyrion Davis-Price comes in there and outperforms Trey Sermon, which probably isn't crazy to say at this point with how bad Sermon was last year. He could be Mitchell's backup, because those now are the only third running backs on the roster. He could be Mitchell's backup, but if Mitchell gets hurt, we could... I thought get... Jeff
2: Wilson was there.
1: I think he got let go. I'll double-check, but I think I'll, he got I'll let crazy go. But if Mitchell gets hurt, there's a shot that Tyrion Davis Price is the guy for the 49ers in a scheme and a run offense that we want the running back in. So what are your thoughts on TDP?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have him still incredibly high. I moved him up because of the draft and the situation. I still I have him kind of at nine here, but honestly, after Hall and Walker, I feel like Cook probably slots in at number three because of where he was drafted and because of the potential with Devin Singletary being in a contract year and Zach Moss never showing us anything. After that, there's a huge group from four to 12 for me that it really just depends on how things shake out. Like I have Tyler Algier at 11. Sure, he went in the fifth round to Atlanta. They just released Mike Davis. They have 27 running backs, but you have an opportunity Spiller. You know, if, if Eckler gets injured, there's an opportunity, Brian Robinson, I loved him coming into the draft. Now I'm worried about what does this mean for Antonio Gibson? What does this mean for JD McKissick? What does this mean for Brian Robinson? It's not a clear path to touches, but you know, I liked the talent, Zamir white, you know, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs are both in contract years now because they didn't up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. Drake's in the second year of a two-year deal. You know, does he suddenly kind of walk into a great role next year? Are you looking ahead? Rashad White, you know, it it seemed like an indictment on Keyshawn Vaughn. You don't know what's going on. So that's kind of where Tyrion Davis Price, I think we've seen before. You can't totally ignore. I agree with you, we shouldn't. Jump the gun. Trey Sermon should have been a lesson, but you can't totally ignore any running back on the 49ers roster. Nobody thought much of Raheem Mostert a couple of years ago, and all you needed was a chance. Jeff Wilson and Jermichael Hasty are both still on that roster, along with Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell.
1: Yeah, he is just a guy that I'm willing to pass on. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, I know Eric Froton over at NBC Edge was talking him up before the draft, as was Ray Garvin. Those guys are extremely smart in what they do. So I could be 100% wrong. You know what? I was wrong on Mitchell, and I survived that perfectly fine last year. Um, and I'm, I'm fine doing that again this year. He's, he's just a guy that I'm not sure I would bet on. Um, I do like the landing spot for Rashad White, Leonard Fournette, um, you know, I don't know how much longer he has there. I'm with you. I think that really just spells the end for Vaughn, um, who is likely not going to last there. You mentioned Tyler Algier, who lands with Atlanta. They let go of Mike Davis. Um, I'm very curious to see where he ends up going in rookie drafts. He's a guy that rated out very highly for me. Um, In my grading model, he came in as RB6. And with that landing spot and chance to be the guy, um, I actually think I'd be willing to take a chance on him early second. Couple other guys that I liked. I, I really I liked Kevin Harris. I hated seeing him be like the thirteenth running back drafted to New England in this draft. Because my goodness, I, I know he
2: just... didn't even get the draft capital of Pierre Strong Jr. I don't know what to do with those guys. Honestly, nothing.
1: I'm avoiding every I, single one. Of
2: so them. if you're talking about sneaky late ones that I think are worth considering late in drafts, I actually didn't mind the Kyron Williams spot going fifth round to the Rams. The D- uh, Henderson is in his contract here. Uh, Sony Michelle is not on the roster right now. So I think there's potential, maybe not in 2022, as we've seen that the Rams are loathe to give even high draft capital running backs a big chunk of the offense in the first year. The other one I thought was interesting is Keontae Ingram. He went in the sixth round, sure. But behind James Conner, the Cardinals have questions. They have Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward and Jalen Samuels. So I, those are guys you probably can get at the tail end of drafts that I was like, it's worth, it's worth a flyer to me.
1: Yeah. I loved Kyron Williams going to the Rams. We we know that the Rams are very meticulous about who they pick in drafts. The fact that they wanted Kyron and I'm pretty sure they traded up, they traded up and then took Kyron Williams. Who's an incredible pass blocker, really good receiving back. You look at everything he did on film, and if you don't want to trust me, that's fine. Go Ray Garvin, who played college football. Garrett Price and Jared Wackler over at Donnison are both who played college football. All three of those guys I know had him ranked as their RB4 in their film grades, as did I. He was magnificent on film. I think he's going to be an absolute steal. I love the landing spot for him. Um, You mentioned uh, Keontae Ingram with you there. He came out as one of my lowest graded running backs, but I I do think it's a great landing spot there behind James Conner. And there's one other guy for me who came in ranked very highly for me. He was RB8. I know Garrett Price liked him a lot as well, but I don't know where Garrett had him ranked. Did not get drafted, but signed with the New Orleans Saints as a free agent, Abram Smith. He could very easily be the Mark Ingram to Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram, one year left on his contract. Abram Smith, younger, faster, stronger. I think he is a guy that we know Dennis Allen and those guys want to continue running the same offense that kept the guy that was training under uh, Sean Payton. Abram Smith is a guy that I guarantee you is not going into like the fourth round of rookie drafts. 100% A hundred percent of a hunter drafts. I'm in, mean, I will take him. Um, I think that he should have been drafted easily in the fourth or fifth round. He goes undrafted. He's a kid that I think is gonna be um the next James Robinson. Like I'm all in on Abram Smith and it's a great landing spot as well. Like I with him going to the Saints, I was just really kinda in on on what uh where where he went and what he couldn't bring to that team. So
2: well, and I think so. The big thing you need to focus on, if you if you still have all your picks, is once you hit the third, fourth, and fifth round, go with your gut and take guys that you think have upside. Maybe not in twenty twenty two, but beyond. So, like that's where taxi squads are really going to come into play. I'm glad I play in a lot of leagues that have taxi squads or guys I know I'm going to stash because I don't think there are a lot of guaranteed twenty twenty two reps anywhere in this draft beyond like the top six or seven players, even ones, you know, we'll we'll get to some of the wide receivers. I like the landing spots. I'm hyped about it, but I think we also have to learn our lessons from the past about getting too hyped about some of these teams that have prolific offenses just taking a guy in the second round and giving him a hundred targets.
1: It's not happening. Yeah. One other running back um he didn't grade out super high for me he came in as rb 11 but i know a lot of other people really liked him that is damon pierce out of florida who did land with the texans you mentioned it is a loaded backfield right now but i mean he's got a chance to not get good the opportunity. loaded yeah it's not yeah it's not a good loaded it's they have a lot, a lot of, lot of people <laughs> there's a lot of jags there pierce does have a shot to take that but i think A lot of people are going to recognize that and talk about that, so he's probably going to go early second due to how bad running back is. But if he at all falls at some point, he is a guy that I'd be willing to take a bet on. I just wanted to give you guys, like Matt mentioned, some lower-end guys, like a Keontae Ingram who people probably aren't looking at. And again, for me, Abram Smith. He's a guy that I would 100% take a bet on. All right, so since we have to... Let's talk about the tight ends. Uh, yeah. We're going to
2: save the best for last, like waiting yeah. to have dessert at the end, which is wide receiver, but tight end Ooh, brother.
1: All right. So the tight ends here, I, I don't know where my show. sheet just
2: went. So I'll, uh, so top tight end taken, ended up being Trey McBride went the middle of the second yes. round. To the Cardinals, who have Zach Ertz and Max Williams still on the roster. Third round tight ends, Jelani Woods went to the Colts. Greg Dulcich went to the Broncos. Jeremy Ruckert went to the Jets. And then we had a whole ton start going in the fourth round, um, the first of which was Daniel Bellinger, who went to the Giants. So those five are probably the biggest, I mean – there was 95 tight ends taken.
1: Yeah, Baltimore but took like 70 of them. It was Baltimore crazy. did not
2: take a single wide receiver, and they yeah. took like four tight ends.
1: Reminds me of the year that they did the um, – who did they take? It was Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, and somebody else. And, of course, um, Andrews ended up being the best out of all of them. But Oh, man, you're right. There was another – Yeah, I don't remember who it was. It was like a
2: big Nordic-looking white guy.
1: Yeah. But anyways, that doesn't matter. That's beyond the scope of what we need to talk about. So we were having a little discussion pre-show and I, and I didn't really think about it, but you brought up the fact Trey McBride was for the most part, everybody's tight end coming in tight end one coming into the draft, but you moved Greg Dulcich over him due to what happened in the draft. Why?
2: So I think it comes down to a little bit of opportunity. Greg Dulcich was my tight end to going in, um, you know, and I think he was tight end, too. He was in that, like, next group for a lot of guys. Third round is decently high capital. It was the second pick that the Broncos actually had in that draft. I like Albert O, um, but he was a fourth-round pick, and he's had some injury issues. I don't think it's a lock. That he, uh, that he just unquestionably has it. Denver hasn't done anything else behind him, and there have been a lot of people here agitating that they needed to address tight end. And I think Dulcich coming out of that Chip Kelly system in UCLA had a decent college career. I think he could be in line for some receptions. You also got to look at Russell Wilson in the past. He's used tight ends um, in his work in Seattle. Uh, They have the offensive coordinator who was there in green Bay where Robert Tanya was a guy that they have continued to use quite a bit working some of those tight ends. in. so I think there is some value um, at the tight end spot. And I think he has a more clear shot at targets. Trey McBride is still like the talent, but you have Zach Ertz and Max Williams in his own position group. Now, maybe they move on from Max Williams, but he's still there right now. They actually have eight tight ends on their roster, including Trey McBride, which is a question mark. D Hop misses six games, but he still exists. They still have James Conner, who caught 47 passes out of the backfield. They have Rondale Moore, who's going to traffic in kind of those small spaces, AJ Green, Hollywood Brown. There are a lot of things, and you're talking about a quarterback in Kyler Murray who's never thrown for 4,000 yards in this kind of offensive system. We think of them as this big, high-volume passing offense, but that isn't exactly borne out by the numbers. It can take tight ends a little while to get going. They did spend a decently high pick on McBride. I'm not out on him. I just think it's possible he doesn't have the best shot at touches now.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that. The problem is I think because he was the first tight end off the board, he was the first tight end for many people coming into the draft. You're going to have to take him at an uncomfortable spot in your draft. And if you do, you have to know that he, as Dennis just mentioned, won't be a factor until 2023. And that's what I was about to say. Like, I, I don't see any way like, because they also just signed hurts to a multi-year contract. So, At best, I think you're, I think at best, you're hoping he's the guy in 2023. Like they're still going to have Hollywood D hop. Like you're going to have to play the waiting game. You're not getting like, I could have seen him having a Mark Andrews type role. Had he gone to an offense that allowed him to do that? It's not going to happen for a couple of years. So, if you want a tight end that could produce right away, I, I do think that Dolchich is probably the guy because we've also seen that those tight ends be very effective in Nathaniel Hackett's offenses as well. Who's also going to be there. The head coach of the Broncos now helping call the plays. So I don't have an issue with that. I don't really look and grade tight ends because they're just so hard to project. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd be fine taking either one of those guys for me it would be more just who's the better value. Uh, The one guy that I am going to end up on all my team is Jeremy Rucker. And I talked about him before the draft. We were worried about him because he did no testing. I've talked about it before, though. He barely got any touches. Ohio State just doesn't use a tight end in the receiving game. And if you go look at the few times they did, he's making phenomenal catches. He's a very good offensive tight end. And the Jets took him early. It was a fourth-round pick, I believe. Early fourth-round pick. Third-round pick for a tight end. I am all in on Ruckert. I know that they've got. Um, so that's Yuzoma. the th- That's the thing.
2: They signed Yuzoma and Conklin yeah. to three year deals for decent money. They've invested almost 40 million in tight end. You also have Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton, Barrios, and you have Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Yeah. I like Ruckert's talent. I didn't think it was a bad landing or I didn't, you know, I, th- I thought it was a good move by the Jets, I don't know how quickly that pays off for fantasy. I still have him top five, but that's my concern. Like with him and McBride, if they would have gone to different, like if Jeremy Rucker went to the giants, I'd be all about it because the only reason I'm interested in Daniel Bellinger right now is because the only thing in front of him at tight end is Jordan Akins and Ricky seals Jones.
1: I'm not worried about the guys ahead of him. We talked a little bit about it on the show Friday, like, Look, I get it. CJ Uzoma's had, like, three really good day games in his career. Good for him. I'm not worried about him. Jack Conklin, we've been waiting for Conklin to be a thing for years in Minnesota. never happened. I don't think it's happening here. I get that they put money into those, but a lot of things, and we talked a little bit about this on the Friday show, and I, I know you weren't there. It's just toward the end. Uh, when we were bringing up other guys that were landing in crowded rooms, the problem is free agency comes before the draft. These teams don't want to be reaching for positions in the draft, so they're going to pay guys in free agency. I don't care about that. The best players are going to play, in my opinion. No offense to Braxton Barreras, because I know he was really good at the end. Of, he's nothing to me. He's not. He doesn't matter. He's not going to do anything. Dennis Corey Davis. Is practically done, in my opinion. So you're talking about Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are the keys to that, that offense. In or in, at BYU, Rex, I don't remember his last name, but I know his first name was Rex. I think it was Isaac Rex. I take that back. Rex was his last name. Isaac Rex was one of Zach Wilson's favorite targets. He loved targeting the tight end in college. I believe that maybe he's a little bit more like Trey McBride in the fact that he's not a Bay Factor until 2023, but Jeremy Ruckert is the tight end I want on the Jets roster, and I do think that he can be a guy that will be used frequently moving forward because those defenses are going to key in on Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson.
2: But before we completely drop off tight end, so I would not even look to take McBride or Dulcich until probably the top of the third round. Is that where tight end third, fourth, fifth round for you?
1: Yes, and that's exactly why I think like I'm going to end up with a lot of Jeremy Ruckert because I think Trey McBride's going to go early second, and I think Dolce he went at 105
2: well. in my first rookie draft yes, last night. I looked that, at that, I was like, bro, that's not, not even tight end premium.
1: It, I, I have no doubt that those two guys because of what they were like. The reason I think you're going to be able to get Ruckert later, even though he wins the third round in tight ends, because again, nobody want, nobody cares about him because he didn't test, he did nothing people think that he's not going to be good and i do believe in his offensive skill set. so he's a guy that i'm willing to take because i i would almost bet he falls to the third round. i'll take him in the third round because again i i really think like after you get past 203, i'm not thrilled about anybody in this draft anymore and so i'm fine taking him in the third round. let's um let's jump into wide receiver though here to wrap up the show. definitely the strength of this class. if you need wide receiver, Grab them this year because next year, I think the running back is going to be the big thing. There's easily five and probably close to eight altogether running backs you could get next year that could be difference makers. Wide receivers are the ones this year. We saw Drake London was the first off the board. Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Trelon Burks, and Jahan Dotson all went in the first round i'm pretty sure that's all of them if yep. i'm remembering correctly yeah the ones we talked about on friday if Brees is locked in as your one one is there any one of those wide receivers is that challenge that if not how deep are you going at wide receiver before you're willing to pivot to a different position in your rookie drafts
2: yeah so so for me um i kept my my top five kind of locked from that day day one Jahan dotson I, I moved him up probably higher than i had um going in but he's still at 10 for me there was people that went on day two i like better but garrett wilson drake london jameson williams traylon burks chris Olave, Brees hall and kenneth walker are all guys that i'm taking before i go to a quarterback
1: yeah I, i'm the same i actually didn't move any of well, I moved Calvin Austin down. Rest in peace, because that sucks. But I should say, rest he's going to be
2: the best punt returner the Steelers have ever had. That according is, is to NFL Radio this morning,
1: <laughs> a lot of kids are going to be very happy in a couple years because I made a, a a charity bet with my good friend Ray Garvin that uh, he could have at least two top 36 wide receiver seasons for fantasy. Don't look like that's going to happen now, unless uh, something drastic happens with the Steelers. So uh, my top guys were Garrett Wilson, Drake, London, Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, George Pickens, Chris Olave, David Bell, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, Christian Watson I feel pretty damn good about my top guys. Yeah. Cause all of those guys went early. So I'm not moving any of them. There's really no reason to, they all got good draft capital. All in my opinion, decent landing spots when we talked a little bit about on Friday the only landing spot I don't love is Jahan Dotson because I think he's just too much like Terry McLaurin and so I don't know until in my opinion they get a better quarterback I don't know how productive he's gonna be but he was already in my top 10 so I'm not gonna move him out and I'm not moving him up because I like some of the other landing spots more and I am with you like at if I'm in a super flex draft, like I said, for for me, Brees Hall is going one. I would entertain London or Wilson at one if you really yeah. need it. If you're sitting there with, like, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, and DeAndre Swift as your running backs, you're like, I really don't need Brees Hall. Cool, bro. Okay, I, you're right. Go. Go do whatever you want. Take Drake, London, Garrett, Wilson. But I think for me, those are the only two. Like, I love Traylon Burks. Still a little bit worried about what his future could be there in Tennessee. I love Chris Olave, but I think he's more of a wide receiver too. Jamison Williams I think is going to be really good in Detroit, but we don't know what we're going to get from him this year. And I don't know that he's going to be quite the absolute stud he was in Alabama in the Detroit offense. But I don't think that this hurts Oman Ross St. Brown. So a lot of people saying that they do two completely different things. I think it's great for both of them because they got a field stretcher now um, for that offense. So London and Wilson are probably the two that I would, debate taking over Brees Hall, but then the rest of them I'm taking there. Um, you know, for me, Alec Pierce is a guy that I'm willing to take uh, bets on late goes to Indy. I think that's a great landing spot for him to be paired with Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman. I think the guy that's really going to rise up, there's two of them. So let's talk about those guys really quick before we maybe hit on some of our lower end guys, Christian Watson and Skymore. Cause Christian mm-hmm. Watson, the speedster goes to green Bay Funny enough, gets all these comparisons to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who they just let go of. He's now there, and then obviously Sky Moore goes to Kansas City. Anytime you're paired with Patrick Mahomes, your your stock jumps up. I know I saw someone talking today on Twitter that in their rookie draft, he went at 1-3. I like Sky Moore. I don't know what this offense is going to be. I think it's going to revolve around Travis Kelsey, and I actually think for the first time in a long time we may see Kansas City spread the ball out more often than we really have i don't think i'm taking him before like one eight one nine where where do you kind of fall on those two guys
2: yeah so the sky more for me I, I have him as wide receiver six coming out of the draft i like the kansas city landing spot i liked him going into the draft i was really hyped I, you know, in my final mock, if you guys looked at that, I thought he would possibly go into the first round. I would have taken him over Dotson. I was hoping a Green Bay or Kansas City would get him. So I thought that ended up being perfect. However, I've seen, you're right, I think it's that Kansas City effect, which we talked about. We've seen too much with a CEH. Uh, You know, you just get locked into these darling spots. Uh, To me, he, you know, once you get past the, the seven that I named it's Sky Moore, George Pickens, Christian Watson, Pickett, you know, depending on how you feel. And then, you know, probably like a James Cook, you know, maybe to complete that first round or uh, Corral, depending on how you feel about quarterbacks but that's that's it for me like eight at one eight or one nine i'd be excited to get them um i have pickens at seven i thought that was a good landing spot with the steelers and then watson you can't ignore him and the Steelers the packers not only traded up to get him he went at the top of the second round i'm just not incredibly so i think there was a lot of people right away that are like well that's the guy that's going to be Devonte adams he's not He's not going to be Devontae yeah. Adams. And you really shouldn't put that on any of these guys that they're going to be um your savior. But I think late first round, top of the second round, that's probably where these these depth receivers, receiver to me, you're going to go through probably 14 or 15 by the time you end. The first two rounds just because that feels like a more sure and safe bet than these other positions you know aside from a couple at the top of each of these positions you're probably not thrilled about taking any of those later running backs or tight ends or quarterbacks high in a draft
1: yeah i mean even romeo dubs who the packers took uh, as well I believe in the fourth or fifth round um another guy to pair on the outside i mean i had him as wide receiver 18 um, you know, I don't love him, but I like the landing spot. I, I do think that you know, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, he can turn those guys into better than what they are. Like, just looking at my list one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, uh, 11. I actually probably would take him 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. There's easily like 15 wide receivers I'm willing to take a bet on late in draft, so I'm with you there. Um, so
2: It'd be interesting too. That's it's how the flow of these drafts are gonna go. I came out with a pretty clear picture of what I thought values were. And it's you know, it's been amazing. I was gonna read this actual first round. So I, I started we started one yesterday to super flex first round Hall and Walker went one and two, which isn't that surprising because a lot of times teams at the top need running backs, and that was that was kind of a, a pretty Quick tier. Then Drake wonder went three. Then I told, said James Cook uh, went at four. Trey McBride at five. So I ended up getting Garrett Wilson at pick six, and I thought that's never going to happen again. I started another rookie draft this morning. Also got Garrett Wilson at six, which I know you and I still have him as wide receiver one. It's been fascinating to see kind of where the the values are going. Then Kenny pe- Pickett went at seven in this. Traylon Burks went at eight. I had pick nine. I took Jamison Williams and then Christian Watson finished the first round. So, some of the, you know, it really depends. I've seen James Cook now go in the top five f- picks in three, in all three of the rookie drafts I've started. And I think it speaks to both the hype for him as a player and the desperation at running back right now.
1: Yeah, James Cook, who we skipped over, I'm not taking in the first round. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. I I said it on Twitter. I don't retract my statement. He's this year's CEH. Really good receiving back, and I think we're propping him up because he's going to a very, very good offense. If you go look back to the last couple years where Josh Allen was a starter, they average a year 55 passes to running backs. That's not going to do it for you in a PPR league. That's just not Devin Singletary is not going anywhere. And I just don't see James cook as a guy who can handle 200 rushes. He's just not like, maybe he gets 130 rushes and receiving work. Great. Then yeah, maybe he's going to be something much like we mentioned with, um, I can't remember who the other running back was. We were just talking about Tyrion Davis price, much like Tyrion Davis price. He's just a guy I'm willing to miss on. I just, I don't think that it's there. I'm not taking him that early, uh, a couple wide receivers that, I, you know, I mentioned Alec Pierce, who I it was really high on. I believe Dennis was as well. He he came in as my wide receiver nine coming into the process. I, I do – I would definitely take him there, and I think he's a guy who's going to fall. John Mechie going to the Texans, I thought. Great landing spot. A guy I think is getting a little bit underrated due to the late injury. You know, they really don't have anybody there besides Brandon Cooks. You know, I like Nico Collins, but I think Mechie could be better. Uh Mechie's a guy that I'm willing to bet on late. And David Bell getting sent to the Cleveland Browns, they're already saying that they're likely going to have him in the slot. I think he's the new Jarvis Landry, and he's being paired with Deshaun Watson, not Baker Mayfield. I, I am all in on David Bell if I can get him late in the second. You know, I mentioned Calvin Austin earlier. He's a guy i still probably take at the end of the third, early fourth. But I think until Claypool moves on, um, and then maybe they move Deontay to the outside with George Pickens, and if Calvin Austin's not in the slot, he doesn't stand any chance to do anything. But I, I, you did mention George Pickens I just wanted to touch on because I'm with you. He's, in my opinion, has a chance to be the best wide receiver in this class Pittsburgh was the perfect spot for him because we've seen Mike Tomlin be able to kind of rein these guys in. And the only reason Pickens fell was because of the off the field stuff. If he can really kind of hone in and get Pickens to stay focused to everything on the field, Pickens could be an absolute steal. And I'm curious, I would bet he's probably going to end up going end of first, early second in most drafts. He's a guy that 100% willing to take in that spot
2: yeah i'm actually as you said that my pick just came up at 112 and sky Moore just went so i was looking at pickens or christian watson i think that's that's probably where i'm gonna go too.
1: and and how brutal is this just thinking about this chase claypool was the one who had to announce that pick and george pickens is probably going to be the guy that replaces him like that i saw that happening i was like that's messed up man you know that they did that on purpose um Do you have any wide receivers you want to mention really quick before we get out of here?
2: Um, I actually didn't mind the Khalil Shakir landing spot. If you're looking for a later um, landing in Buffalo, Jameson Crowder's only there on a one year deal. Um, you know, we've seen Gabe Davis was a fourth round pick who's kind of worked himself up into a good position. I think they're a high volume passing offense. I don't, I don't, think Isaiah McKenzie is ever going to be a huge factor on offense. I think that was a special teams kind of gadget player signing. So I think there's some opportunity there. So that was, uh, that was kind of interesting. I'm curious how you feel about, um, I liked Jalen Tolbert too. Uh, to the I was going to mention him. Another, I forgot about that. But
1: yeah.
2: I'm curious how you feel about Wandale Robinson. I know we were on the live show. If you're watching us, we were all a little blown away where that went, not only the position in the second round, but also, uh, to the giants. I have subsequently seen him going uh, early to mid second round in rookie drafts um, as well. I I still have him as like wide receiver 15 and it's only
1: that high because of the draft capital. So I had him wide receiver 15 coming into the draft and I'm not going to move him uh, because he did get good draft capital, but it goes to, if you weren't watching us live day two, we talked about when the pick happens, like, the Giants were having such a good draft, and then they go and do this. Uh, I mean, I guess if they're wanting him to be the replacement for Kadarius Tony, if they're going to move on from him, then great. I don't understand the fit here. <laughs> they didn't even all. do
2: anything with Kadarius Toney. So.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't understand the fit. I don't, I just don't get it. Like, I'm trying to think of who he could even be from, you know, Dayball's offense in Buffalo, and nothing's coming to mind. Well,
2: Isaiah but- McKenzie. I mean, but I McKenzie
1: was well, nothing, so that's like, I'm like,
2: well, he, he was a good returner and they used yeah. him in that kind of gadget role. He, he always had like one or two surprise games this season where if you would have played him, you would have gotten decent points. He would have been a flex player, but that, that was my instant thought is he's kind of that smaller gadget player. You're going to use him on reverses. You're going to, cause you're not running a reverse with Kenny Galladay. No or if Sterling Shepard, you would probably play hamstring halfway through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't think I, that part of it also goes into, I just don't think the giants are going to be a good team this year. Uh, we, I mm-hmm. really think they're moving on from Daniel Jones. So I think this is kind of a rebuild year and then moving forward, like just assuming they're one of the worst teams in the league next year and say they get a top quarterback in Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Are they re really rebuilding this team around Wandale because sake probably gone. Like, I did not think it was a good pick at the time. I, I thought he would, at best, be like a fourth rounder. Very surprised he went as early as he did and to the Giants. So,
2: still not I, the most surprising wide receiver in the no, second round. No, it
1: was not. It was Taequann Thornton, would be that. And uh, that was a very interesting pick as well. So, I, I just, I'm out on him. Um, I think he's likely going to go way before I'm willing to take him. At that point, uh, I'd rather take a guy like Calvin Austin, who again I think is going to a better team, and I can get two rounds later in rookie drafts and and, and hope for the best there. So I'm I'm out on Mr. Wandale.
2: Yeah, that, I mean I felt the same way. It's just been amusing kind of seeing all the people getting sucked back in.
1: Yeah. All right, so that will do it for us today. We'll be back Friday. Hopefully, Dennis will be able to join us in person. Maybe we'll do some rookie drafts and discuss that. No real plan of action at the moment. But everybody, enjoy the next couple of days. We've got Moon Knight finale on Wednesday. Doctor Strange comes out this weekend as well. I know. I can't I wait. hope you're going because... I am going Sunday because... One of my friends. So I know that a scene got leaked and I have not well, seen I'm, it.
2: No, I'm, I've, yeah. I've pretty much just said F it to social media right now. I'm so busy all, anyway.
1: All I know is that, so my friend, we talk every morning as we're like doing stuff for work. And he was mentioning to me cause he unfortunately saw part of it and he said, don't watch it. Something major will be real. Yeah. You.
2: you really need to stay off starting tonight because all the press screenings are tonight. Yeah. Um, Like I've seen, our friend Ricky's there right now and some other people. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be looking at anyone's posts because yeah. a lot of, Oh yeah. I the, just uh, The embargo for review for reviews ends tonight too. So you just, gotcha.
1: yeah, well, see, to... I don't look at any of that stuff until after the fact. And anytime I see any, like, even if it's, I could be looking at something like, do you need a doctor? And as soon as I see, do- nope, I just scroll up. I don't even.
2: Take so it. I guess I, I know, uh, thing. you know, maybe on Monday we'll have mock draft Monday again, and then we'll be able to, uh,
1: yeah, talk definitely. About, yeah, I talk will. about
2: the Doctor Strange, which is Dennis's favorite part. Really, is uh, is when favorite we do Marvel Star. Marvel Cinematic Universe corner because he's there's no bigger Marvel stand than uh, Dennis. Dennis yeah.
1: yeah, I'm very excited because I probably won't be able to watch Moon Knight until Friday night, but I gotta find time to do that because I've got to. I have like not been able to, like sit down and like take a breath on the weekend, and it's not happening again this weekend. But you know, it's got God bless my wife, willing to go on Mother's Day to go see dr strange in the multiverse of madness so i'm having my wife's
2: going with me on on friday night so i'm looking forward to that because uh i have a uh, another circle around the sun on wednesday so it's my birthday weekend
1: movie oh there you go well happy early birthday we'll remind you of that again later all right so yeah we will definitely talk about that uh on monday so everybody have a good day and we will talk to you guys again on friday